This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the Green and Bold Podcast, trade deadline edition of the Green and Bold Podcast coming at you. A little impromptu, quick reaction to the end of the trade deadline. The trade deadline as we sit here um, almost expired less than an hour ago. I'm Joe Stiglitz. With me as always, my co-host, David Feldman. David, good to see you. How are things? Good to see you, Joe. Things are well. It was a, it was a crazy deadline as we, we expected. Uh, a lot of players moving, especially the big, big names with, with Juan Soto going to the Padres. A lot of movement, especially right up to the deadline. But it's a couple of, a couple of truly trade deadline deals right sneaking them in right before the deadline involving some contending teams you know and for our Oakland days um not a flurry of activity but they pulled the trigger on the on the big one that we thought we saw Frankie Montas going to the New York Yankees along with reliever Lou Trevino and in return the A's get a a bundle of four prospects we'll talk about um very soon here but I, I I I doubt either of us are surprised you know that obviously they make that move um and, and going to the Yankees, the Yankees are always looking to upgrade for the, the stretch run and everything. But uh, your initial thoughts, Frankie Montas, no longer with the Oakland A's, now a New York Yankee, and uh, the A's making the kind of move we expected them to make at some point leading up to that trade deadline. Yeah, I thought it was important that they did make this trade. I didn't think Montas would ever have the, quite the value that he has as he has up to the deadline. Because the team that, that was going to acquire him was going to have him for not only this playoff run, but also next year's playoff run. And that's important. That's that's the difference between trading him now in the offseason as compared to now. Because um, the A's could have waited, but his value wouldn't have been as high for that team who was acquiring. He'd be in those last years of free agent walk year sort of thing. So it was important to do it when they did it. Um, and then when you saw uh, Luis Castillo get traded to the Mariners and you saw what he brought back to the Reds, and he bought, brought quite a haul. And Montas is sort of in that same situation. Now, Montas isn't quite as good as Castillo doesn't have quite the track record and Montas also has a little bit of the injury issue that he had this year so it's going to bring his value down a bit but they still did really well with the trade with the Yankees I really believe they did well and and we've talked about this hundreds of times when dealing for prospects you really don't know we went through through this in the offseason you're hoping to hit on 33 percent of the prospects that you get um because it's just that's just the math. It doesn't. You're not going to hit on all four guys, but the A's got four guys who all have big upsides, and one guy that has already pitched against the A's this year, and J.P. Sears, um, and other guys again who are already highly rated. And they also moved Lou Trevino, um, and which was probably one of the things the Yankees were looking to upgrade their bullpen. Uh, the A's they like Danny Jimenez. They they like him as a closer. Danny Jimenez is now back on the active roster. He's back on the injured list. It made it possible to move Lou Trevino. And we know about Lou's struggles, especially the last two years. I think a change of scenery and a change of face, no longer has a beard in New York, is all good for Lou Trevino. You're wearing the pinstripes. You're losing the facial hair. That's just a fact of baseball life, correct? That's it. Yeah. um, So I'm glad they pulled the trigger on the deal. Um, I'm glad they did it for the same reasons you were talking about. His value is probably, um, you know, higher right now dealing him with a season and a half, basically close to a season and a half of team control still allows you to get back a little bit more. They throw Trevino in there and you're right. I think they got back a good bundle of prospects. I I think my thoughts are kind of similar to thoughts I always have when the A's um, 
acquire prospects in bulk like this. You know, they trade in quantity. Um, we got four prospects back. I like the rankings, the ratings on the surface. I like the prospects they got back. Truth is, we don't know a whole lot about them except for the rankings that we see. Um, I guess I'm in wait and see mode, as I always am with these sure. with these trades when they get a whole bundle of prospects. You know, we're still engaging what what we what they got for Matt Olson and in the Chapman deal, Manaya, um, and, and everybody else. Still a little bit of an unknown, but that's what you deal with when you're getting prospects back. Real quick, why don't we go through who these uh, these four newcomers are for Ace fans? Some of the hardcore fans who love diving into the doing the deep dive on the farm system probably already have looked up some of these players. A lot of you probably may not know a whole lot about them. The A's got three pitchers and one infielder from the Yankees for Montas and Trevino. Uh, maybe the headliner is a left-hander, Ken Waldachuk, 24 years old. A little bit of a local angle here. He played collegially at St. Mary's College in nearby Moraga. Um, he was ranked as the Yankees' number five prospect. Interesting that MLB.com has slotted him in as the A's number three prospect already, right behind Shea Langliers and uh, Tyler Soderstrom. So it tells you what they're right there, how Waldachuk is thought of um, within major league, um, you know, scouting circles as far as a prospect. He's 24 years old, 24 years old, Waldachuk. Um, big strikeout numbers between double A and triple A this year, um, 116 strikeouts um, and just 76 and one third innings combined. So um, scouting reports that I've seen, his velocity has jumped up this year to the mid nineties, up from lower nineties last year. And it kind of complements a really good slider and change up he's got he's a big guy too six foot four Feldy so I know we don't have a whole big book on Ken Waldachuk right now but kind of maybe the headliner of that group what do you think about the A's getting a big lefty six foot four too and he comes with some hype and some credentials it looks like yeah and he's right at the cusp of being a major leaguer yeah right? he's going to be up with the A's probably this month in August is so. my guess yeah. Um, you're going to see him pitch. He's ready to, to jump to the majors and become a pitcher. You know, St. Mary's right now is having a great track record of developing and making major leaguers. And we're seeing them all over baseball right now. And, and I think Wildechek's going to be the next guy. I really do. He's, he's so highly thought of. It tells you a little bit about the A's system, that they're able to make this, this trade, and all of a sudden he jumps up to the A's number three prospect. Yeah, that's true. Good point. And if you look down the list of the A's prospects, you see most of the players the A's acquired in these deals for all their stars are, are peppering this top 25 list. And that's because that's where the A's were. The A's were barren at the end of last year. And they knew they needed to restock with players. So, again, I think they did a good job. And I think Wildechuk is somebody you're going to see really soon. And the restock and all these prospects are in the upper upper levels of the minors, right? Close to being major yeah. ready too, which, is, which means we're going to see some of these guys sooner than others. Uh, the other three, Feldy, I'll tick them off real quick, read a little bit. And if you got anything about to say about any of them, fine, or just some big picture thoughts at the end. They got another pretty highly touted pitcher, right-hander, uh, Luis Medina. He's only 23 years old. The Yankees, he was ranked, I saw anywhere between 7th and 10th. And a Yankees farm system that's pretty highly thought of. They have a consensus top 10 farm system, um, at least going into the season. It was regarded as one of the, you know, a top 10 farm system in the, in the, um, in major league. So, uh, Medina was between seven and 10 for the Yankees uh, for the A's per MLB.com. He's going to slide in now as the A's new number seven prospect, which is pretty good. Again, Luis Medina, 23 year old right-hander uh, been pitching mainly at double a this year. He's made 17 starts um, walks walks have been an issue with Medina ever since he's been in the Yankees farm system for a few years now. And again, this year, 40 walks in 72 innings pitched this season. So that's something obviously the A's, and their minor league staff will be working on with Luis Medina. Uh, 
player you mentioned, J.P. Sears. The A's have seen him already this year. He got his big league debut this season. 26-year-old lefty. Um, appeared in seven games for the Yankees. Made two starts. Uh, 2.05 ERA. So small body work in the majors, but he's, he's gotten there already so far. Um, he's made nine starts and 11 minor league appearances this year. 54 Ks and 43 innings pitch. His K numbers, strikeout numbers, are a lot better in the minors than the small body work he's had in the majors. And the fourth player today has got a middle infielder, Cooper Bowman, 22 years old. He's a fourth round pick in 2021 out of Louisville. And Bowman was playing at high single A this year where he was slashing 217, 343, 355. Maybe those numbers don't knock you off your seat. Um, considered to be have kind of a smooth right-handed swing. Gap-to-gap -gap homer power, Cooper Bowman. We'll see how he uh, impacts the ace farm system on the position player side. But so four players, Feldy, three pitchers, um, and one position player, and a couple more highly touted pitchers just based on the minor league rankings A's are getting in this deal for, for Montas and Trevino. Yeah, Luis Medina is a hard thrower, and the A's needed that. This is a guy who can hit 100, and the A's are trading on his ceiling because he does have a very high ceiling if he can learn how to harness this, this speed and he can be a, a pure major league pitcher. I think J.P. Sears is a major league pitcher. Uh, even in the one start that we saw him pitch against the A's back in June, he's not going to wow you, but neither did Tommy Malone, and Tommy Malone's in his 11th year in the majors. Um, that's what he's – that's kind of like the mid-range is Tommy Malone. Um, he could be up the way that he throws. He could be uh, Marco Gonzalez, you know, an all-star for, for Seattle. Um, that's that's his ceiling and he's not going to wow you with stuff but he knows how to pitch he knows how to miss barrels um he's not going to strike out a ton of a guy ton of guys but he's going to be an effective major league pitcher probably a number three starter if you look at him that way where um while the chucks are definitely a one eventually in his career that's what you hope uh medina you hope becomes a one or a two with his stuff and you get sears who's a three the infielder they got uh, bowman it's kind of a throw-in. It's a it's minor league depth infielder. You're not really expecting great things. If you hit on him, great. If not, he, he plays in the minors for the A's for the next six years, and, and, and there you go. Again, I think they did well. Um, it's so hard to know, you know, and that's when you see Twitter, like, right after the trade. Oh, they got fleeced. They got fleeced. This is terrible. Well, you, how do you, you – you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't. You don't. You're not going to know for a couple of years at the earliest probably. No. And, see, and I, and I look like the Juan Soto deal that came down. Watch it. This is, this is the biggest deal we've seen in, in forever. Especially a trade deadline deal, where you're dealing with a 23 year old all star champion, home run champion, World Series champion, whatever you got, uh, and they get the Padres one, three, five prospects plus uh, C.J. Abrams, who's already been in the majors, and they get in Luke Boyd. And by the way, how pissed off is Luke Boyd right now? Here you are, you wake up, you're on the Padres. Your Padres just acquired Juan Soto. They traded Eric Hosmer, so you're going to get a lot of time at first base. You're feeling pretty good. And then Eric Hosmer takes his no-trade clause, says, nope, not going there. Oh, well, we need someone else to go. Luke, you're our guy. Luke, boy, you got screwed, my friend. <laughs> On that topic, real quick, let's mention uh, former A's manager Bob Melvin has seen his roster down in San Diego tinkered just a little bit in the past 48 hours. The Padres also picked up Josh Hader, considered you know maybe the best all-around reliever in the game from Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got all kinds of things going on with the back of their bullpen. They were just scrambling, making crazy deals. But the Padres right now, I mean, you talk about um, the optimism with that club right now and the expectations right now for the Padres after the blockbuster deals they pulled off at this deadline. I mean, they're the talk of baseball right now for the moves they made. 
Yeah, and they also got Brandon Drury, who's having a great yes. year, or was That's having right. a great year with right. the Reds. Right. This is the Reds, yeah. yeah. He is going to fit in tremendously with this club. You know, Bob Melvin, and, and people go, well, he's the San Diego, see the difference? Well, you got to remember last year at this time, what were we talking about? Starling Marte, Josh Harrison, uh, Jan Gomes, and uh, Andrew Chapin. So it's not new for Bob Melvin to get players. You look back on the years the A's were contending, the A's always did a great job at adding. So Bob Melvin's used to this. Now, we've never, he's never got someone as good as Juan Soto with Denny, and nobody has. Yeah. But don't say this, this is new for Bob Melvin. Because when Bob Melvin was with the A's and the A's were competing, no, they got him players. They got him a whole new bullpen in 2018, right? So this is, this is not new to him, but this is spectacular. And, you know, the Padres definitely going for it, as they should. Um, the, the issue that they have is they need to be the number one wild card team because guess what? If you're the number two wild card team, you don't play a home game in the wild card series. That would mean at this point they would go to Atlanta for, for three games. And now look what the Atlanta's, they've changed everything. They got Rossiel Iglesias from the Angels earlier today. They got Jesse Chavez. So they, they traded Will Smith. They said, why are they trading Will Smith? Well, now they, they have Jansen and Iglesias at the back of their pen. Uh, they got Robbie Grossman. They did all this stuff too. So the National League, the contenders of the National League, they really beefed up. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, again, for the Padres, how bad would that be? You may have this great year, you make the playoffs, but you don't even get a home playoff game. Yeah. That'd be kind of sad. Yeah. It's expectations are going to be through the roof. And yeah, they, they, they not only do they need to make the postseason, they need to, they need to make a little bit of noise and get deep this yes. year. Um, and they're going to be good for years to come. Look, oh, by the way, Fernando, Fernando Tatis, just another pretty decent player. They may add back into the mix at some point when he gets fully healthy. So that lineup's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be fun to watch um, to see what they can do. Um, Felder, before we go, we wanted, we wanted to wrap this up here and just make it a quick reaction to the trade. Um, looking ahead to the second half, last thing maybe we'll touch on, unless you have anything else, but I'm going to throw four potential storylines for fans and for us to kind of be interested in keep an eye on looking ahead here post deadline. I'll throw maybe four scenarios at you. You can sink your teeth in any one of them. We'll discuss it real quick. Maybe that I see right now, uh, A's interesting storylines looking ahead of the rest of the season, Paul Blackburn, All right. the A's all-star. Can he write the ship, get back to early season success? He had, uh, his last start step in the right direction, but can he really turn it back around? Cause he hit some rough times, rough times after building up that all-star resume can Paul Blackburn get back and really finish off the season strong and show that he's truly a front of, front of the rotation type presence for the A's maybe moving forward into, 2000, in the, into 2023? Um, how's the back of the bullpen shape up now? No Lou Trevino. I know a lot of fans probably weren't all that happy with Lou Trevino handling the ninth inning anyway, but what happens now in the back end? You know, Zach Jackson, I want to see how him, A.J. Puck, Danny Jimenez back in the mix. How does the back of the bullpen really shape up and how do the A's handle that ninth inning? Who kind of emerges, if anybody does, to latch onto a closer spot? Um, and lastly, center fielder position. Um, Sky Bolt's done a little bit lately, made a little bit of an impact, more than we've seen him make so far in the big league, showing a little bit of promise. But Christian Pache, is he going to get back up here before the season's over? And is he a different kind of player at the plate than we saw before he was sent down to the minors? Um, some of the things I'm interested in watching right there, any of those uh, you want to dive into or you have something else you can throw out there also? No, no, I think, I think you're onto something with, with what they're going to have to do. Cause you got to look, now you're looking forward. You're looking to next year. Um, and as Christian Pache, your center fielder, I think now 
I think they need to get him back up here. It's been about a month now in AAA. I think it's time to come back up and play him and see if we see any difference in him. And can he be an everyday center fielder in the majors? We know defensively he can be. Can he hit enough? I, I'm pretty sold that uh, Sky Bull can't hit major leagues <laughs> playing regularly. I mean, he, he is what he is. We've seen him enough now. Uh, he's not going to make an impact. Uh, the second thing is, how much time are you going, going to give Nick Allen a shortstop? You got to decide, you know, Elvis Andrus, one, they'll, they'll make sure he doesn't reach his qualification for his contract to kick in for next year, which I think is 550 plate appearances. I think yeah. they will come short of that. So you're going to need a shortstop. So you got to decide, is Nick Allen your guy you want to play at short? So I think he needs a big audition here. He needs a chance to play uh, semi-regularly down these next two months. Um, I think that's a big thing. Uh, we got to see what's going to happen at, at third base as well. I, I Vimeo Machine. He's not the answer at third. Uh, you got a guy in the minors you really like, and Zach Geloff. Do you bring him up and give him a taste, even though coming straight from Double A? Do you give him a taste of the majors? I would like to see that. I think they should use these two months to figure this stuff out. And you talk about the bullpen, and I'm glad to see Danny Jimenez back. Uh, Zach Jackson has definitely turned a corner. He's not walking guys. He's coming straight after guys. I know he had the little bobble in Chicago, which wasn't great, but overall he's been very good. And now it's time for AJ Puck. It's time to see what we have with A.J. Puck. If we're going to use him as a late-inning closer type pitcher, or are we just going to keep him in this seventh-inning type role? I like to see him develop more as an end-of-game guy. I think he has that demeanor, and I think he has the stuff, and it's time to give him that role and see what happens. I'm with you there, A.J. Puck. And he always comes up in our conversations, doesn't he? Because yeah. he's tantalizing talent to see where he's going to fit in, if he fits in eventually somewhere long-term in this A's bullpen. Good stuff, Feldy. We wanted to keep this one short and sweet, but the deadline is passed now, so we kind of know what we're, what we're dealing with. We know what the A's are working with roster-wise um, from now until the 2022 finish line. It's going to be fun to watch and see um, what happens with these young players. It's all about a season of development, who kind of positions themselves to uh, to be a part of the A's future. So we'll see what happens, right? I'm interested to see what happens, at least. And overall, the offense, we saw it pick up a little bit right before, right after the All-Star break. They're playing a little bit better baseball. We'll see if they can keep that up, too, maybe. Yeah, they've been playing better. It's been a lot of fun watching win games. Obviously, winning is always better than losing. Hitting home runs, scoring some runs that way, that's been nice. Yeah, they've been playing better. I want to see that continue in August, and you start building that culture around winning again now, right? You don't want to be this, this sad sack team that they were in June where you only got five wins. You want to keep this up. You want to win as many games as you can and uh, get, get excited. Get excited for what's going to come next year. Uh, one quick thing. Um, I know that we're talking about the ace trading, Sean Murphy. I thought that was a mistake to trade him. Would have been a mistake to trade him now, and I'm glad they didn't. His value is not going to change. In the offseason, he's just going to be as valuable as now. And, it's, and coming up into next All-Star break, his value is going to be just as high. So there was no reason, unless you got wowed or blown out of the water by something, to move him. There was no reason to do it, and, I, and I'm glad the A's didn't take that gamble just doing it to do it. Well said. I have some I have some thoughts on the catcher position, too. Maybe we'll save it for our next episode. I think it's an intriguing, intriguing um, storyline for us to explore further. So looking forward to that. I'll talk to you soon, Feldy. And everybody, thank you as always for checking us out on the Green and Bold podcast. You know where to find us. Everywhere you find your podcast, you'll be able to find us too. So um, enjoy the uh, the post-deadline rest of the season, everybody. Feldy, I'll talk to you soon. Great talking to you, huh? All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Green and Bold podcast. <laughs>